football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yes, indeed. We are back post-Super Bowl. It is still a hangover for the Eagles. They've had the parade in Kansas City, a second championship for them, a second Lombardi. As Patrick Mahomes and company deserve a lot of credit for what they were able to pull off, especially in that second half of a thrilling 38-35 win. So the NFL season is put to bed. The college football season is put to bed. But we still got college hoops, baby. And lots to talk about as we head towards March and head towards the Final Four eventually in Houston. I am the somewhat capable host. Shortly, just a second, Brian Edwards here, my man, back from Vegas Insider, senior handicapper, and also from MajorWager.com. I love his insight. Thank you for finding this audio podcast podcast however you've done so again we are also affiliated with bet us and with their video coverage but the bet us uh video coverage kind of sunsetted with the end of the college football season but we're not as i keep saying and brian's going to smile at me when i say this i'm not going to shut up just because the college football season is over with. we went through the nfl playoffs we're going to go through march we're going to get to the final four with great handicapping and underdog advice on three dog thursday so find this podcast follow it subscribe to it Thank you for finding us. We're also partnered with Last Word on Sports and the Last Word on Sports Podcast Network. They're helping promote us as well. Viva La Underdogs, wherever you can find us through the podcast outlets, et cetera. We will still be here picking doggies to uh, cover, if not win, in these games. What we will do is take a strong look at Thursday for three or four games and then kind of project ahead to Saturday. We don't have lines yet for Saturday, uh, but we have Saturday games of relevance. And Brian even has some futures plays that he's interested in to win the NCAA championship. We'll discuss all of that right now. Here he is. Good to be back with the mighty one, uh, senior handicapper, Vegas insider, majorwager.com. It is... Brian Edwards uh, at Vegas B. Edwards, by the way, on Twitter. Good to be back with you. Was the Super Bowl good to you, my friend? Oh, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it was not great. Um, I, I hit a lot of my periphery bets, so I barely lost. But I, I do that. I have that, like, sink or swim bet, and Philly was my big bet. Although I did come back with a little bit of KC plus four and a half live, but not, I mean, only like a one-tenth of what I had on the Eagles, but I hit Kelsey's receiving yards over 78 and a half. I had both teams to go over in the first half over 13 and a half. Both of those uh, hit. I had, um, oh God. Oh, I did a, a, a small wager on the adjusted total over 58 and a half at wow. uh, plus 220, I believe it was. And I feel like I'm forgetting one. Um, oh, oh uh, yeah. I had AJ Brown over 72 and a half. Uh, receiving yards. So I did really good on all my, you know, props, but I, I always want to uh, have a profit or, or, or I just, you know, I want to be able to go over on all my periphery bets. And if I win my big bet, I'm still a, a profit. So, <laughs> so I basically went not quite undefeated because I had, um, Oh, I had Devontae for the first touchdown, which was a loss. But that was like my only only prop well, I lost. Some fun ones that I had cooking along. I had a a silly one for a little bit of money on Kelsey and AJ Brown, two combined touchdowns. I think you probably saw this. 
and uh, combined 200 or more receiving yards to any kind of touchdowns, most likely receiving touchdowns, 200 or more combined receiving yards. And that was getting seven to one. And in the first half of the game, I was looking golden with both of them having already caught the touchdowns and already having the yardage. Amazingly, though, Kansas City scores four straight possessions and Kelsey didn't do a lot in those four possessions. He had a couple of catches, but he right. didn't do a lot with Mahomes uh, spreading it around. And if you had any kind of Jalen Hurts props on rushing yards, on rushing attempts, even on passing attempts, uh, even on completions, he racked up for you on the player props. And in the end, Kansas City gets the win. Quick thought from you. Do we start using the dynasty word in the conversation for the Chiefs with five straight AFC title games and now two Super Bowl wins out of three appearances? Is it fair to start using the D word here, at least in the 2020s right now for Mahomes and the Chiefs? Uh, you could definitely call it an AFC dynasty with five championship game appearances, and we're getting there calling it a dynasty period. I think one more Super Bowl in the next, you know, two, three years. I, I think that'll be fair. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're close. You're sure. never you're never going to see like the Green Bay Packers in the 60s where they won, what, like six or seven of them or the Steelers winning four out of six years. That's very I mean, nobody's been back to back in this century since the New England Patriots at the beginning of the decade. It's very tough to even win two in a row, much less like three in a row or four out of five or four out of six or something like that. But the Chiefs. They have been really good. All right, so the NFL season is put to bed. Let's turn our attention to college basketball. Let's get right into the underdog handicapping. Again, with the disclaimer, Brian and I are doing this on Wednesday in the early evening, which means we don't have results from Wednesday. So you know those results. We do not know those results. So when we start talking about Saturday and looking ahead in a little bit, we don't know what happened on Wednesday night. We know what happened on Tuesday night. We know what happened on Monday night. You'll know those results as we release here. But, Brian, I'm just looking over the Thursday slate of college basketball. Do you have an underdog? That stands out to you right away. I, I believe you were saying to me you were contemplating a Big Ten underdog. What is that? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I um I like Maryland uh, plus two at home to Purdue. Maryland's been dynamite at home uh, all year long. They're thirteen and one straight up. Their only loss was uh, way back. Uh, I'm not sure if it was November, but it was you know it was way before Christmas, and uh, that was to, at home to UCLA. One of the you know certainly one of the top teams in the country. So no shame in that. And they are 10 and four against the spread uh, at home. They're 17 and eight overall, 16 and nine ATS. Uh, Purdue uh, has won uh, six of its eight road games, but two, five and one ATS on the road. Now they are in bounce back mode, which uh, probably favors them a, a little bit. But I, I think the big thing is just Maryland's been really nasty at home. And uh, have have beaten some really good teams there, and again, the only loss, uh, no real shame, and and falling to UCLA, and that was a uh, three plus months ago. Well, and keep in mind, uh, we played this on Three Dog Thursday with Indiana a couple of weeks ago, and Maryland beat them at home. To your point, and it's a Terrapins team that right now has won six of seven games. Very impressive uh, to this point. That includes the Indiana win. Purdue did beat them narrowly at home by three for whatever that's worth a few weeks ago but you're liking uh right now the maryland terrapins as an underdog for three dog thursday purposes so we'll put you in the forefront uh here with that one on a thursday night in college park 
That one actually a little earlier starts, 6.30 Eastern time, as we release Three Dog Thursday on the Big Ten Network for that one. Not long after that, I want your feelings on one. We don't go here often, but I just I just found out that I will be part of the live broadcast for the Big South Championship game. Uh, again, this is Winthrop, Radford, UNC, Asheville, Campbell, uh, programs like that, Gardner-Webb, et cetera, in the Southeast, in the Carolinas. Uh, that championship game will be on Sunday, March 5th. Look forward to that on national coverage on TuneIn and the Big South Conference. Uh, interesting that the Big South's top two teams, Brian Edwards, play each other here on Three Dog Thursday, 7 Eastern time in Radford, uh, Radford, Virginia. UNC Asheville leads the league at 12-2. and two. Radford is the two seed at 11-3 and three right now. Both teams... Vegas B. Edwards have won 10 of their last 11 games. Radford uh, is a four and a half point favorite at home. I like Asheville here who won the earlier meeting getting four and a half or five. I'll take either one. I'll take the five if it's there, but I'll take the four and a half. Drew Pember and the Asheville Bulldogs uh, right now have won their last two games. They did lose a road game to South Carolina Upstate uh, about a week and a half ago, but again, have won 10 out of 11. Uh, have been very good in this conference. Neither of these teams did very much out of the conference. They played some good teams. They didn't beat any of them. So this is head-to-head. Brian, help me here pick it up. This is probably a league where the winning team in that Big South Tournament championship game is probably like a 15 seed or maybe even a 16 seed where they're possibly playing the likes of Alabama or Purdue or Houston or one of those. All right, so a thought here on Asheville and Radford, the one that I have. It's a big game to close out the the end of their regular season virtually here. How many how many points did you say you were catching there? Four and a half or five, and I like Asheville because they beat them the first time, and they've been playing yeah. well. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with that. They they actually do have a a well not a from a major conference, but uh, and I'm talking about at UNC Asheville. They um. They beat a top 100 Ken Palm team. They won. It was actually in their season opener. They won in double OT at uh, UCF. But, yeah, not a major conference. Um, Radford, uh, you know, they only lost by 10 at Marquette. That's number 11 in Ken Palm. And they only lost by 8 at K-State. Yeah, so, um, you know, I haven't watched either of these teams. But uh, on paper, they look like two pretty solid teams. And uh, can't can't disagree with going with the home dog. We go all over the place on Three Dog Thursday with the underdogs. Brian Edwards with me for here a little while longer. We'll get into some futures plays as well to win the NCAA tournament. Brian's got a couple of interesting ones that he likes. You like a West Coast Conference game that is a rematch game. Are you going there? Are you going to the Loyola Marymount Lions? Are you like me? You're my contemporary. We're channeling our 1990 Bo Kimball and Loyola Marymount in memory of their fallen teammate, Hank Gathers. They went all the way to the Elite Eight that year. You and I remember that well. A lot of the younger fans don't know what we're talking about. YouTube it. Loyola Marymount has not been back to the NCAA tournament going all the way back 30-plus years. They have a chance. They have a rematch with a Gonzaga team that they beat earlier this year at Gonzaga. Snapped their, what, 80-something game win streak, whatever it was, in Spokane. All right, so what draws you to the rematch and LMU, which uh, if I'm looking correctly on the lines, I see they're getting, what, seven in this matchup with Gonzaga, who's looking for revenge. Brian, pick it up. Yeah, um, plus seven at DraftKings, plus seven and a half at Bet Online. 
Yeah, uh, Loyola Marymount's just been dynamite at home all year. They're eleven and two straight up, ten and two against the spread. Uh, they've been a home underdog twice. They won outright both times to two teams that are going to be in the tournament: Nevada and St. Mary's. And uh, they got just a, a, an elite, elite player in Cam Shelton. He averages 20.4 points, 5.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.9 steals per game. But here in the last eight games, he's gone for 28, 27, 20, 26, 15, 25. And here in the last mm. two, 31 and 36. So last eight games, he's averaging 26 points. Uh, per game their last 13 is an underdog they're eight four and one against the spread with seven outright wins they beat uh wake forest uh down in jamaica uh way back uh in november i, I mentioned the win over nevada's number uh 36 in ken palm uh uh whenever byu 81 in ken palm like you mentioned at gonzaga number 15 mm. in ken palm and st mary's is number seven in ken palm they beat them uh last week before falling uh, at Santa Clara by two in a flat spot. But Santa Clara's a, a, the WCC is just really good now. Like, I, I mean, it's definitely better than the Pac 12. And, uh, hell, yeah, right there, right there, the ACC, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, I like, oh, and one last thing, just Gonzaga, um, they have won five of seven road games, but they are one and six ATS on the road. I know they've mm. got the revenge hang angle here, but, uh, I think this should be like a four point spread in favor of Gonzaga, not seven. Well, it is interesting that it's revenge for the Zags, uh, so we will see. And, and one thing Loyola Marymount did is they guarded them, they slowed the pace down, they frustrated them some, the game was in the 60s, and they won it in the clutch. And, and they won a wild game, by the way, the Lions, LMU, in this building at the Gersten Pavilion on the Loyola Marymount campus. Uh, they, they won a game where they were down five with less than 40 seconds left, got the game tied, and then uh, Cam Shelton was just uh, um, amazing at the end of regulation and in the overtime, making every big play to upset St. Mary's. Can they find the magic again for Loyola Marymount coming up in this matchup uh, with Gonzaga on hey, Thursday night? I, yes. I, I can only name one run that I enjoyed more than Loyola Marymount's. In the and that would be, tournament. and that would be. I'd probably be Davidson 08. Although George Mason was fun oh. in uh, either 06 or 07. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you want me to give you the whole starting lineup? Of, of which one now? Of Davidson nine, or George 90, Mason? 90 LMU. And not 90 Loyola Marymount. You and I are contemporaries. Go. All right. At point guard, we got uh, Tony uh, Walker, but Terrell. Uh, Terrell, Terrell Lowry. Terrell Lowry, Lowry came off the bench. Uh, then we got Jeff Fryer at shooting guard. Jeff Fryer, We've who made 11 three-pointers against, against Michigan, Michigan in the yes. second-round game, which at that time was unheard of in a college basketball game. I don't think they scored more than 150 that game. It was, they, they scored 149 and beat the defending national champions. Keep going yes. with your starting lineup. Yeah. Bo Kimball, uh, of course. Bo Kimball at the three-pair steamer. At the four, and then obviously Hank gathers. But during the tournament, it was uh, Chris uh, Chris Chris oh, Knight. I know all about this team. Chris Knight, the lefty Chris was Knight, that... and then off the big off the bench, the human bruise. Tom uh, Peabody. Tom Peabody. Yes, you gotta you gotta watch the uh, Guru of Go is the ESPN thirty for thirty on that team and how amazing they were with all the points they scored. And now pop quiz to Brian Edwards. They got out of that first weekend in long beach with all that emotion after the death of hank gathers and they played whom in the sweet 16 
Alabama, Wimp <laughs> Sanderson, Robert Ori, Hollywood Robinson, yep. uh, Melvin Cheatham. Ori missed a, 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 a close shot that could have either forced it overtime tied the or game. It would have tied the game. And that game, they by I know design, where it was. That game by design, they slowed the pace down. They held the ball for 40 seconds of every shot clock and frustrated Loyola Marymount. And it was a game that finished 62 to 60. Yes. In that game. Best, best game Wimp Sanderson ever coached. Best game he Even ever a coached. Loss. Yes. Even a loss. I, I, all, I, I swear, I, in my mind, that was the best game Wimp Sanderson ever coached. Go back on YouTube and relive Loyola Marymount, Michigan, 1990. Just search it, fans, folks. Uh, you will not be disappointed to watch that, especially Greg Gumble and Craig and, and Quinn Buckner on the Buckner, call, yeah. where after about the third or fourth time, they're bombing in a three instead of taking an easy drive to the basket layup. They start to catch on that this is, uh, this is amazing. This is the future yes. of basketball. Um, in fact, there's a moment where Greg Gumbel says something to the effect of, you know, their scoring runs will rattle you and he can't even get it out of his mouth. And they kick the ball back to Fryer, who makes about a 28 foot, 30 foot three pointer. And Quinn Butner screams, not screams, but blurts out that will rattle you. That will rattle yes. you right there yes. that he keeps banging in threes and didn't stop. Uh, again, just great to reminisce. We're reminiscing because Loyola Marymount could be on the cusp especially as Brian is talking underdogs of maybe pulling an upset here with Gonzaga and having an at-large case for the NCAA tournament as it continues through the West Coast Conference standings, their conference tournament coming up. Let's see what happens for the LMU Lions in the memory of Hank Gathers. They've got the statue there, his memory. Led the nation in scoring and rebounding. There are a lot of people that believe had he survived and played at his level, they would have been a national title contender, especially with what the team did in his absence, fueled by the emotion of his death, yes. But if you had added him in with the way that they played, that maybe they beat that UNLV team in the Elite Eight that beat them again. They had played them earlier in the year, and UNLV went on to win the whole thing and destroyed Duke in the championship game. But a lot of people still thing. believe that. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, another one of the funnest games I've ever watched was when they went and played Chris Jackson and Shaq and Stanley Roberts that year and went to overtime. And it was so insane. I remember Hank Gathers, uh, Shaq blocked like his first five shots, but he just kept going at him and he ended up with like 45 points or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, another that's one to YouTube. YouTube that one up. I agree. That was a national TV game where they were always signing them up. So Loyola Marymount gets a lot of conversation. I've got one more. Then we're going to look at Saturday and get a couple of futures plays and get out of here on Three Dog uh, Thursday. I'm interested in the Sun Belt matchup also uh, for later on Thursday night between South Alabama and Southern Miss. Southern Miss, a new member of the South of the Sun Belt Conference, and they come in, I believe, at twelve and two. Uh, right now, they've had a really good year and a really good start. They are the short uh, favorite. I'm getting points with South Alabama at home uh, here in this matchup. Uh, yes, I am correct. Southern Miss 12 and 2. This is 7 local time, 8 Eastern time in Mobile, Alabama, with Southern Miss favored either by a point and a half or two, depending on where you look. Southern Miss uh, did win the earlier matchup. I'm double checking on the on the margin. Uh, between these two teams, Southern Miss um, has been rolling along. They beat South Alabama by four at home back about six weeks ago. Beat them at the beginning of January, 76 to 72. Sa Southern Miss, again, has now won 10 straight games. I think they could be ripe here for revenge 
rematch at home with a South Alabama team that's won a couple of games recently. Uh, give me South Alabama, the Jaguars of South Alabama as a short underdog also for Three Dog Thursday. So we give you a little bit of Thursday. Uh, Brian gave you two. I gave you two on Three Dog Thursday, so that's more than three. Saturday, interesting on Saturday that we have uh, some matchups that we don't have lines for, but I'm I'm curious what your thought would be. So we don't have the result on Tennessee and Alabama. They're playing tonight while we're releasing the podcast, while we're taping and releasing the podcast. We don't have the result of Tennessee-Alabama. Let's say that Tennessee somehow wins that game. They now have to go to Kentucky and play at Kentucky, who's wounded, who a lot of the bracketology people don't have in the NCAA tournament. Brian, is Tennessee going to be a road favorite, maybe off a win over Alabama, hypothetically? Would they be favored, hypothetically, on the road at Kentucky, or would Kentucky still be a short favorite, even if Tennessee wins on Wednesday night? Do you have a thought on that real quick? Uh, wow. I, I think I would have to make Tennessee a, a small favorite. Um, now I will just say that, uh, on Wednesday, Josiah Jordan James is out, uh, for Tennessee at Bama. He averages 9.5 points, 5.3, uh, rebounds and 1.1, uh, steals. So his status could yeah. you know, have a little something to do with it. I mean, a half point maybe, or, or if that, but, uh, All right. and, and then, uh, you know, Kentucky, um, uh, they're really struggling, and I, I I don't know if they're booing the hell out of Cal, uh, but I know I know some big time boosters. A couple of them live down here, and they they want him gone so bad. Yeah, but they I don't mean, they don't remember what they had with Billy Gillespie, and they don't remember some of the other struggles. So sure. uh, they've been really good, but I mean they were not good at Georgia last Saturday. Now again, we don't uh-uh. know their result on Wednesday night against Mississippi State in Starkville. If they're awful in Starkville. Then the the cat calls in a Balls negative way. Oh, yeah, they're going to be there big time. So Kentucky, Tennessee, pay attention to that Saturday afternoon. I'm also interested in another intriguing game, this one out of the Big 12 for Saturday afternoon, and that is Baylor and Kansas. Three local time at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Baylor with a home win on Monday night. Kansas with the win um, on uh Last night. On Monday night, on Tuesday night as well at Oklahoma State. All right, so Kansas probably going to be favored by three or four points, we would think, over Baylor Saturday, just real quick. Yeah, 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 uh, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking four. um, If, you know, if they're five and a half or more, I'd probably look at Baylor. I had Baylor Monday night. Uh, Baylor's won 10 of its last 11 and seems to be rounding into form at the right time. I, I think that'll be a heck of a game. I, I probably need to get five and a half, though, to take Baylor because I, I like how Kansas has started to play after they, they kind of struggled there for like three weeks, but they seem to have gotten gotten it back together here the last couple weeks. It will be fascinating to watch all of this unfold. Uh, one more for Thursday, uh, for Saturday night. We don't know the Thursday results in the West Coast Conference, but St. Mary's hosting BYU. St. Mary's still, at the time we're taping this, leads the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga uh, chasing them. Uh, it will be interesting. Uh, St. Mary's obviously lost that game to Loyola Marymount. They will now host BYU on the weekend. Again, Brian and I don't know the result as we release the podcast here of St. Mary's playing on Thursday night with San Diego, with San Diego University. Steve Lavin is the first-year coach. They should win that easily. They play it at San Diego. Then St. Mary's back home with BYU Saturday night. St. Mary's probably still going to be favored 
at least four points, something like that with BYU, maybe bigger, depending on the results, uh, et cetera. What about St. Mary's BYU? Anything real quick? Well, definitely bigger. I mean, they were favored by 14 at home to Loyola Marymount. Um, and I'm not, I don't know how much they were favored by over Santa Clara. They were I'm, huge I'm, favorites I'm, recently over San Francisco too. double figures. Yeah. And, they, and they covered that as well. Yeah. I, I think they're double digits, uh, not too heavily into double digits, but I, I think they're probably 11 or 12. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, even, maybe even more. I mean, cause I, I think Loyola Marymount's better than BYU, but that was like a month ago. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's going to definitely be double digits and, um, yeah, I don't, I haven't really watched a lot of BYU, which is rare. I usually see a lot of BYU, but I have not. I have not seen BYU. They are athletic. Actually. They can get it rolling, but again, it's a tough conference. The WCC is a tough conference, so we'll see about that one Saturday night. Before you are gone on Three Dog Thursday, give me a futures play because you're looking at some national championship odds that are still very appetizing. Let's say Brian Edwards. Yes, indeed. I also uh, want to give you. Uh, one other uh, thing uh, just to look for on Saturday, Pittsburgh is at Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh is 9-0 against the spread with seven outright wins in its last nine games as an underdog. And they're also 9-0 against the spread on the road this year. Uh, if they're catching five or more at Virginia Tech, and I don't know that they will be, right. but they'll definitely they'll definitely be dogs. I mean, Virginia's really good at home. Uh, that might be another uh, game to look at on Saturday. Okay, I like Miami uh, at FanDuel right now. They are 50-1, uh, to one, and Miami is playing uh, terrific basketball. I had them Monday. actually had them on the money line and plus the points mm. in that win at UNC, and they are actually – uh, just for underdog purposes, and I'm not even sure who they have this weekend, but they are 5-0 and against the spread as an underdog uh, this year. But, uh, you know, they've got a lot of that nucleus back from uh, last year that went to the Elite Eight. They've got Nigel Pack, an uh, outstanding uh, transfer from K-State. Uh, they're just – Miami is really, really good. They've won eight of uh, – Oh, no, I'm sorry. They've won uh, seven of ten, but their losses by two in overtime, by two at Duke, and by three at Pitt, and the overtime was at NC State. But during that stretch, they've won at Clemson, at UNC. They beat Duke by 22. Yep. They've beaten Virginia Tech by nine. Uh, they won by 23 in Tallahassee. So uh, they are playing really good ball. I think 50-1 to one for Miami is a Ooh. good price. I'll throw out two others. Um on that Miami against... team, just to throw in, they don't play till Saturday because they played on Monday night. They play Wake Forest at home for what it's worth. Okay. And they've had those narrow losses. So there's the fill in the blank on that. Who else on a futures play right now besides the Canes? I'm not against Providence at hundred to one. Mm. I'm not a, I'm not against UConn at thirty to one. You know, back in uh November and December, UConn was the best team in the country. Then they went through like a five week funk. And then last week they look like their November, December version uh, when they just mauled Marquette, which was hot as a firecracker. It was at home. And then they go to Creighton and lose by three. No shame in losing by three in Omaha. Uh, Creighton actually had an eight-game winning streak snap last night to Providence. So there's a three. UConn at 30-1, uh, to one, Miami 50-1, to one, and Providence at 100-1. to one. I've also got a 99-1 to one K-State in pocket, although they've started to struggle here. Last three weeks, but hey, that's life on the road in the Big 12 this year. What, if you have it in front of you, you're looking at advanced odds, FanDuel, etc. What is Indiana 
just out of curiosity because they've got to be 50 to one or greater. And I don't know that health wise they hold up, but uh, Trace Jackson Davis is a lottery pick type player. They've got yep. pieces around him. They're playing in a tough conference and you're going to get a lot of value. I would think, what do they look like right now? Hoosiers? They're actually 20 to one. I would wow. think that they would have been, yeah. yeah, I would have thought they would be longer odds as well. So let's see three, so that that's the eighth shortest odds. Wow, uh, which, interesting. A lot of people sense. Me. Well, a lot of people are sensing the same thing that I sense is they keep getting some wins right now. Uh, and again, we don't know the result of Indiana Northwestern. That is Wednesday night as we release the podcast. We don't know that final. You know that final. Did Indiana bow up? Did Northwestern get a, another huge win off the Purdue win? But Indiana might be interesting too uh, for a futures play as well. This guy's always interesting. He always brings it uh, with the underdogs. Again, uh, he likes uh, Maryland uh, for an underdog. He likes Loyola Marymount for an underdog on Three Dog Thursday. As you heard me saying, I kind of go off the beaten path with a UNC Asheville and a Big South showdown and a South Alabama. Watch out for those games Saturday that we gave you some advice on. Brian, I always love talking to you on Three Dog Thursday, my friend. Great stuff. Plug away how we read your content. You always have injury information and great updates on your social media. Plug away on how we find you. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Vegas B. Edwards. Uh, and then you can find my content at uh, majorwager.com and my picks uh, at Vegas or uh, yeah, VegasInsider.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com. Enjoyed it, TJ. Always fun when you get to get to talk about Jeff Fryer and Pear oh, Steamer my and the God. human cruise. I'm going to watch some more highlights on YouTube of Loyola Marymount just because of this. And we'll see if the 2023 version keeps the magic going. I'm going to, I'm going to scare you that none of these guys that are making plays on this team were alive. They were not alive wow. when Loyola Marymount was doing that no. back in 19. They weren't even close. It's they weren't scary. even close to being alive. 23 years later. It's scary. Uh, great stuff, Brian Edwards. Great stuff on Three Dog Thursday. Again, find us, follow us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, our partners at Last Word on Sports and their stuff. Brian, thank you. We thank you for finding us. Enjoy all the underdogs and college hoops. We're here for you all the way through March of the Final Four, still banging away on Three Dog Thursday. <laughs>